1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. That's what I'm talking about. It is the end of the week. It is a Friday, which means it is one of the greatest days of the entire week. Welcome into the show, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. Radio TV, live streaming, and the podcasting as we are ready to rock and roll for a whole new day, and I am excited. Today is a fantastic day. I never do this. For those people that have listened for the show to for a really long time, I never I'm not a morning person at all, which is why I really enjoy kind of the evening program that we have now, because for the longest time, for a good three, four years, I did a morning show from six to nine a.m. I was at the studio by five a.m., which means I was up by like four o'clock, three forty five, four, and I dreaded it and I hated it every single day. Uh, Not because I didn't enjoy the show. I loved the show. And by the time I got to the studio, I was awake and ready to do it. But waking up in the morning, oh, 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 yeah, not a good thing. But today I woke up naturally on my own at 530 this morning. My alarm usually goes off at six, hit the snooze till like 640. And then I can finally get up and out the door by like a little after seven. That's usually my routine today. 530 on the dot. Woke up, bright eyed, not sure why. Laid there till my alarm at six. Then I got up. Kind of had the routine, Uh, had some nice tea this morning, kind of did some stretching, got everything ready to go for the day, and I have felt awesome today. It's been great, so I might try and stick with that routine because apparently that's really healthy for you. So uh, we did that. Then we, of course, have a great weekend lined up, so hopefully you have a great weekend as well. It's been a wild week. I know that we've been kind of down in the dumps throughout this week and very frustrated, very emotional on what politically has been going on. So I want to talk about some of that today. Plus, I want to do some happy stuff to kind of lighten the mood as we go into a nice weekend because I don't know if you can see on the Facebook Live, or not Facebook Live, but the live streaming, if you are watching, yeah, got a big fight coming up this weekend. UFC 257, baby. Conor McGregor, the notorious Irishman. Is back at it after fighting the last time, this time last year, and it's going to be a wonderful fight. I have the fight purchased on pay-per-view and ESPN+. I am ready to go. I also, of course, had to support the man by purchasing his whiskey, the Proper 12 Irish Whiskey, and I ended up buying the big half-gallon because why the heck not? When you now the fact that I get to enjoy that throughout the weekend, hopefully it will not all be gone. It won't be because good golly, but I did buy yes the big 1.75 liter of proper 12 Irish whiskey that's supported by Conor McGregor because what the heck. So uh, we may have a little fun with that today as well. I recorded an interview with Kyle Anthony. We had him on the show once before during a big UFC fight. He has a UFC betting show. Kyle Anthony's UFC betting show. You can find him on Twitter at uh, Kyle Anthony UFC. I recorded just a little four-minute interview with him. We'll play that at the end of the show to kind of wrap up and do uh, kind of do a farewell on a positive note. Outside of that, it was hilarious today. I've been watching social media. And, well, by the way, we are not on Facebook Live still, but we are on YouTube, so you can find us on YouTube. We are not on Twitch today, which is weird. So we're not getting the Twitch feed, apparently, today, which is, again, very strange. Not sure why. And really, YouTube, I think, is the only place that's actually working right now. So you can find us on YouTube plus the radio and TV that we are on all over the place and the podcast, of course, which we are killing it on the podcast. I have been laughing all day today because I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures out there of Bernie Sanders at the inauguration. And he's sitting there just arms folded, very angry looking with his mask on, all covered up, being uh, apparently freezing because it was very cold out there, I guess. So they were just losing their minds about how cold. But Bernie Sanders just all bundled up, sitting there by himself, just looking angry. Now, I would be angry, too. This should be technically, if you really want to look at it, this should be his inauguration. The Democrats not only stole the election from Donald Trump, they stole it from Bernie Sanders in the primary election as well and everybody knows it and the democrats know it do you still know anybody that's like oh my gosh joe biden was the guy joe biden was the man i was so excited to vote for him in the primary he was the number one candidate he was the best one he had the best ideas he was going to be the savior of anybody anywhere in the country any city anywhere even progressives have you talked to them we're like yeah we love joe biden he is the man He's like an 80-year-old Conor McGregor. He's going to save this place, and he's going to dominate. Like, have you heard anybody talk about that? No, nobody. They were all about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, the the, the, the Sanders movement. Can you feel the burn? Uh, fulfilling the FDR promise of, you know, the great deal and the progressive values. That was Bernie Sanders. That's what the progressives and the Democrats loved, and yet he didn't get it. So, of course, he was going to be upset. But I've been watching some of the memes on social media about him just photoshopping him in the chair in numerous different pictures and I have been laughing hysterically absolutely hysterically I love it so we had to make one as well so if you can find it on our Facebook page at who's your reason and of course we had him sitting behind me and it says uh I put the caption on there when democrats listen to the voice of reason and it's sitting in the back just him just crossed and just looking very angry and i thought it was hysterical so you can find that on social media and we did have a little bit of fun with that then we have uh, in addition to our archives as we talk about some of the latest and what's trending What's trending today? We continuously collect all the archivable audio from Democrats and some of the silly things that they say. And apparently, as Chuck Schumer continues to get older in the U.S. Senate, and he kind of forgets what he's talking about, he's now thinking that Donald Trump caused an erection in the nation. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This was him on the Senate
0: floor. But make no mistake, there will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide... If they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States.
1: There it is. Well done, Chuck Schumer. Well done, my friend. Yes, Donald Trump. That's what he did. He incited the erection. We're going to lump that in with the rest of the 2020 great audio clips that we have from ridiculous Democrats saying ridiculous things like this one.
2: We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma,
0: and God known by many names by many different faiths
1: a man and a woman and of course our great new leader here in the country that has uh, tried to give a very special christmas and religious message to the american people
2: and if we do and i'm sure we can we can proclaim the palmist with the palmist who wrote these following words The Lord is my strength and my shield.
1: And of course, the other leader in the the party that's really trying to set it on a more progressive level.
0: I am told this is a garbage disposal.
1: Mm, Still one of my most favorite clips. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this right here is the leadership in our federal government right now. The Democrats that run the presidency, that run both chambers of Congress, this is the leadership right here. These are the ones that are actually Making decisions for you that they want you to trust just faithlessly and just blindly to go along with what they say when it comes to COVID-19, when it comes to some of the immigration policy or taxes or regulation against corporations, whatever it may be. These are the ones that you should just be blindly following Because they're so genius. I'm telling you, Republicans, I've made this message the last couple of days. Here's another message to you. If you cower and if you compromise and if you try to work with these type of individuals, what type of level is that setting you on? When you have Chuck Schumer saying that Donald Trump's giving the country an erection. When you have a man and a woman. When you talk about palms or palmists. And one, of course, you have no idea about.
0: I am told this is a garbage disposal.
1: Now, remember, this is the same party here, too, that has the progressives that just think they're holier than thou and that they're more superior than you as well. I don't know if you saw last week, the PBS lawyer, who, by the way, thankfully, is no longer a lawyer for PBS, was recorded sitting around a bar or a restaurant or something talking about how children of Trump supporters need to go to re-education camps and need to watch PBS all the time to learn about how bad Trump actually is.
0: And when Biden
2: wins, we'll go through all the Republican voters and Homeland Security. For
0: children.
2: And we'll put them into re-education
0: camps. And
2: men. these
0: times, uh, What are we going to
2: do if we don't like you? Throw the White House and throw a mouthful Those kids who are growing up, knowing nothing but Trump, you know, for four years, got to wonder what they're going to be like. Are we raising a generation now?
1: Yeah, so a little bit hard to hear because there's a lot of echoing and a lot of noise around there. But uh, what would you do if Donald Trump ends up winning the election? I will throw Molotov cocktails at the White House. That's what I'm going to do. But by the way, all the children of Donald Trump supporters, they just need to go to re-education camps. We need to re-educate them. They need to watch PBS all the time. We just need to teach them the error of their ways. They're the ones that believe that they're holier than thou because they're part of the elitists who think that you are the uneducated fool. But yet they say,
0: I am told this is a garbage disposal.
1: Oh, it's crazy how the world works. Welcome into the show. Bottom of the hour, we're excited to have on Juan Reboldi. He is from, I believe, Venezuela, talking about immigration policy in the nation. So looking forward to chatting with him here in a minute. Uh, plus, we have a lot of news I want to try and cram into. It is kind of a week in review sort of thing today as we keep it somewhat lighthearted. But there you go. The elites trying to tell you what to do when they have no idea what they're doing themselves. So well done, Chuck Schumer.
0: But Make no mistake. There will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States. (laughs) Ah,
1: there we go. All right. So then we have Joe Biden, of course, in the latest news what's trending today. Where the first couple of days of his administration has been doing nothing but signing massive amounts of executive orders because who needs Congress when you got your phone and your pen and you can do whatever the heck that you want to do. Why not just sign a massive amount of executive orders? He's taking really from his old colleague, Barack Obama, of just doing it yourself. You don't need Congress. Congress is going to bicker. They're going to debate. They're going to talk about things. And it may not even pass. So why even take the chance? Why not just sign an executive order and be done with it? So he signed seven. 17 the first day, I believe he signed 10 or 12 yesterday and he signed some more today as well. So he's just on a roll. Usually it's like a one day thing like, Hey, here's like 10 executive orders. I'm going to do, Boop, it repeals what the president did beforehand. It talks about what I'm going to do now. And then we go about our business. Oh no. It's a three day ceremony. Although it probably took him three days to remember what the hell he was signing as well. So there is that. <laughs> ha. See what we did there. But one of the executive orders he signed was to make it mandatory for face masks in all public places, public transportation, public buildings, federal buildings, all across, all over the country, just mandated masks. Well, at the same time, he's been taken numerous photos and has been seen numerous times without wearing a mask. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but now being the president of the United States, you are constantly on public property in public buildings the white house is a public building the monuments are public buildings you're on transportation that is a public airplane i mean it's technically a private one but it's kind of a public one and which means he should be constantly wearing a mask like everywhere there should never be any time where he's not wearing a mask because he's constantly in the places where he signed the executive order to say that he needs to wear a mask but there's been like 10 different sightings already of him not wearing masks So while they're fools and they have no idea what they're talking about, they're still trying to tell you to do things that they're not doing themselves. But I guess it's not really as serious as what we need, because while the media even almost kind of asked him a hard question of, hey, you said that you want 100 million vaccines. That's kind of where we're at already. Do you want to set that bar a little higher? And he got snippy with a media reporter. Come on, man. This is just the first start of it. This is just the beginning of it. Okay, that's nice. And now we have the World Health Organization that we chose to join back to because they're doing such a grand job where they're starting to say, well, you know, maybe we don't need as many testings because maybe it's not quite as bad as what we thought. And now you see Democrat states beginning to open up even before the vaccines really getting distributed all over the place. So was it really as bad? I mean, Donald Trump's gone now. You don't need to have the pandemic to fear and to scare everybody to death. We can start opening things up now that Joe Biden's here to save the day. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. republic
0: you're listening to the voice of reason With Andy Hoosier. 24 minutes past the hour.
1: Welcome back into the program. Happy Friday to you. Great to have you along for the ride today. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. The fastest hour of radio on radio, no matter where you may be. Appreciate you hanging out with us today on the live streaming, on the Podbean live streaming, podcasting, radio, or TV, however you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you very much. Again, message to Republicans, Republican leadership, state Republican leaders all over the country, the RNC, the leadership of elected officials in the Republican Party, Mitch McConnell. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, listen up. Here's the thing. Don't be afraid of these guys or gals or others because they're fools. They have no idea what they're doing. They're politically... Um, ignorant. Let's just put it that way. They are power hungry and they say the dumbest things I've ever heard in my entire life. They have gaffes unlike anybody else, even more than the whole Donald Trump thing to where we had to like decipher what Donald Trump said at times. He would repeat himself, but at least he, we knew kind of where he stood and what he was trying to say. These guys, I have no idea what they're saying. I have no idea what they're doing. They're weak They've gotten their power now, and they're trying to abuse, but guess what? It's not going to last long. Now we have, the, let's see, starting on Monday, the House is turning over the impeachment hearings over to the Senate, where the Senate could vote on impeachment and potentially begin a trial against Donald Trump. Why? I don't know. That's kind of weird. He's already out of office. Just let it go to the wayside. Again, you want to uh, try and bring unity. That's the dumbest way to do that is, oh, by the way, bring unity. But the person that got four, uh, 75 million votes in this country, we're going to try... Uh, to incriminate him and impeach him even after he's gone, just so he's on its record that he's an evil, terrible person and we don't like him. But by the way, we really want you to unite with us and come together and find some harmony in the country. Now it sounds like on the Senate side that many Republicans are looking to try and uh, allow it to happen. Now, here's exactly what they're going to do if this is what they're trying to do. And this is what Republicans have done for a long time, which is why we need to stop it. We need to vote these individuals out of office. We need to get some actual real conservative Republicans in office, because according to Mitch McConnell and CNN now, how, you know, justified is CNN or how qualified are they or how you know actual is this real news story? That's up for you to decide. But McConnell privately says that he wants Trump gone. As in being impeached and actually be punished for uh, on trial, as Republicans quietly lobby to convict him. What's going to happen is what happened with Obamacare and with so many other pieces of legislation as that the Republicans behind closed doors are going to be like, yeah, you know what? We can't stop it. It's a good idea. We really needed to make it happen. But I don't want my constituents to know that I'm supporting it or else I would lose office and I don't want them to be mad at me. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to allow this thing to go through the committee where we're just not going to vote. We're going to abstain from voting and we're going to support it even. or We're just going to be like, oh, no, don't let it actually go through. And then it goes through. It gets to the U.S. Senate floor, and they're like, well, we're outnumbered here. The Democrats are going to vote for it. One or two of the Republicans that really despise them are going to vote for it. There's nothing I can do. I'll vote against it, so I'm on record, on the floor voting against it. But, oh, no, I don't know how that happened. I tried so hard trying to stop it, and there's nothing that I could do. That's exactly the way Republicans have played the game for so long. Democrats play really sleazy games. Really dirty games in politics, a lot of backdoor deals. Republicans, many of them, the establishment, the deep state ones, the elite ones, they do the same thing as many of the Democrats. And Mitch McConnell is one of them. He's had some good fights. We appreciate some of the things that he's done over the last few years, supporting President Donald Trump, working with him on some things, and really making a few tough calls, sure. But his entire long political career, he hasn't been the most conservative guy. And now that many Republicans are like, oh, no. We're going to punish him and indict him and, and try him and try and incriminate him and impeach him. And, oh, well, we tried. There's just nothing we can do. No. That right there, Donald Trump's already talking about trying to start a third party and try new, uh, trying a new political movement. If you do this, if it goes through the Senate and he's impeached in the Senate and they start a trial to incriminate him in the Senate, we're holding the Republicans liable for it. And I'm telling you, a third of the Republican base will disappear just like that and go third party or unregistered Republicans. You are self-destructing. Don't do it. Stand strong, stand firm, and make big, bold, vocal statements saying that you oppose all this garbage.
0: Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
1: Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram,
0: When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. Thanks for
1: hanging out with us today on a Friday, your greatest, funnest day of the entire week. And yes, I did just say that. Welcome back in radio, TV, live streaming and podcasting. Doesn't matter where you're at, watching or listening. We appreciate you so much. By the way, we are a week away from the end of January. Can you believe that? It is hard to believe uh, 2021 going relatively quick, which is, I guess, a good thing, because (laughs) sometimes we just want to put on the blinders and let us ride through it as quickly as possible. But it is the end of the month, which means our newsletter for The Voice Reason will be coming out here next weekend as well. And if you have not signed up for it, then you kind of need to. Just go to HoosierReason.com. That's no I in Hoosier, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter, become a Hoosier Holic. You'll get the free newsletter. Uh, we're not going to spam you just once a month email, and we'll have our blog on there. We'll have our uh, daily events going on with the show, what's coming up, the guests we've had on the program, guests we're going to have on the program, some fun holidays, civic holidays for the next upcoming uh, month, and some good uh, mojo for you to kick off a brand new one. So make sure to go on there, go to HoosierReason.com, and sign up for the newsletter totally free. And you can enjoy that. Plus, you can follow us on all the social media at Hoosier Reason as well on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, Parler if it comes back up, and of course, minds.com. Let's get into what's trending today. What do you say? What's trending today? Let's shift gears a little bit. So we have a new administration, obviously, after the inauguration on Wednesday. And are we in for a long haul or what's going to happen? One of the first executive orders, couple executive orders that we've seen Joe Biden do already on day number one was cease the building of the wall on the southern border. As he tries to reform some of the immigration policy, he tries to do go back to the catch and release policy at the border as well. We've heard about the caravans beginning to make their way back up to the country. So uh, when it comes to the immigration policy, there's a lot to decipher. Now, there's been a lot of issues with our immigration policy for a very long time and we need to address them we need to fix them and we need to make it more mainstream to make it easier so that way we can shut down the illegal part of it and then embrace the legal part of it i know it's a wild concept but actually having solid borders and telling you know immigrants to you know you can come here legally but then making it easy enough for them to actually want to do that or can be able to do that is the discussion that we need to have as well and politicians have had that discussion for a very long time and i don't know how far we've actually gotten with it so i'm excited to have on the program a guest to talk about this and a heck of a lot more. He is the president of Ascent Ad, uh, It's it's if I can speak today, uh, Ascent Advisor. You can find him online, Ascent-Advisor.com. He's also an immigrant from 30 years ago that came here from Argentina, a country I would love to go visit because it seems really beautiful. But I'm excited to have on the program Juan Riboldi here with us here. Juan, how are you, my friend? Hello, Andy. I'm doing great. Hey, very good. I'm so glad you came on the program. Thanks so much for this. Uh, It's a crazy time as we see a really a radical transition immigration, uh, immigration policy wise with the last administration to the prior. I mean, on day one, we see Joe Biden now ceasing the building of of the wall down on the southern border, changing the enforcement of immigration at the border. Uh, what is this going to do to the country, and is this going to send a message to the rest of the world when it comes to immigration policy in the U.S.?
2: Well, definitely. Uh, we're all hoping for a change in the right direction in the immigration policy. For a long time, it has become increasingly more, more difficult for qualified immigrants to find a clear path to legalization. And I think that uh, hopefully with a new administration, we can see a change in that direction.
1: Yeah, uh, when we talk about the legal, I mean, that seems to be a conversation that we never really get to have a good conversation about immigration policy on, actually making it more mainstream, making it easier for people to actually start getting in line to become a naturalized citizen. That conversation never happens, because whenever immigration starts popping up, We start talking about the illegal and whether illegal immigrants should get amnesty, whether we should just naturalize them, whether we should deport them. I mean, that's where the conversation always seems to go, but we wouldn't really need that conversation if we looked a little bit deeper on the raw root faults and problems with our immigration policy in the first place, wouldn't it?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. When I came into this country over 30 years ago, The path to become a legal citizen was actually very straightforward. It didn't cost a lot of money. It didn't take a lot of time. And it was fairly clear cut when you were going to qualify and when you weren't. Uh, But over the years, this has become incredibly complicated, and it's riddled with what uh, you're describing as all the different uh, situations of dealing with illegal immigration And I think we need to take a fresh look at it and figure out how to define a qualified immigrant into the United States and create a clear, simple path for them to have legal status so they can be fully participating citizens in the country.
1: Where did we start going wrong? Where did it start getting complicated? As you mentioned, you came from Argentina 30 years ago, and it was the nice, clean, simple process. Where did it start going sideways to where it became too complicated to even try to go down that road of the legalities?
2: Well, I think that what you see happening um, is a, a significant surge of immigration into the United States, primarily from Latin America, over the last few decades. And that immigration current has been so pronounced that it has alarmed a lot of people that the country could be overrun by immigrants. Uh, add to that that there are many uh, states that heavily depend on immigrants for low wage labor. And in those situations, sometimes a uh, path to citizenship may mean higher wages. So between uh, the cultural um, concerns and economic impact, so I think that things have become a little more difficult to, to be solved.
1: Sure. Uh, when it comes to some of the visas, I mean, is there a way to make those a little bit easier as well when it comes to either student visas or the work visas, like you said, for low income jobs? Uh, low-wage jobs where they come in for maybe a seasonal thing. I mean, we're in, I'm, I'm based out of Kansas here. We have a lot of agriculture and we use a lot of the uh, wages of that sort and a lot of the immigrants come in and help out with the agricultural side of things. Is that something that's a good thing? Do we need to expand those programs or if we just get those off to the wayside and just worry about trying to bring people in uh, for a long-term or temporary basis based on naturalizations? I mean, what's the, what's the best way to do this?
2: So, I, I- I am not necessarily the expert on the actual process to obtaining a visa, even though I've been through it myself. But the, the point is that I believe that there are still many different types of visas and a, a process to follow. But the process has become very complex and, and overly expensive. And that has created a problem for a lot of these immigrants that are trying to uh, work in a legal basis whether they are on a, trying to join the country in a permanent basis or a temporary basis or as a student. So if we can simplify this process and embrace the concept that a legal, contributing, qualified immigrant is a contributing citizen to our society, is a person that is contributing both economically and culturally to our society, I think that we can make a lot of headway in this direction.
1: Sure, we're talking with Juan Reboldi. Uh He is the author of Strategic Transformation: How to Deliver What Matters Most. Also, president of Ascent Advisor. Talk about your story. As you mentioned, you came here from Argentina, uh, you know, 30 years ago. Talk about the process that you went through and what brought you here to the U.S. in the first place.
2: Well, um, at the time I came, I was a mechanical engineering student in Argentina. And I had a friend who was American that offered a loan if I wanted to complete my education in the United States. That, to me, seemed like a very great opportunity. So I accepted the offer. I applied for several universities in the U.S. I was accepted. And basically, I came with the idea of finishing my college education and returning back to Argentina. When I came to the United States, I found enormous opportunity here. And even when I graduated with a degree, I ended up doing a master's in business administration afterwards. I found that all the job opportunities were in the U.S., so I ended up uh, staying in the U.S. By that time, I was already a U.S. citizen. I met my wife in college. We got married, and, and we've been married all over 30 years by now. Wow. So that's a little bit of my story. So I had a bit of a different perspective coming to the country as an international student is usually a much easier process uh, that way than if you come, you know, trying to obtain work or, or finding some kind of like a better opportunity uh,
1: professionally, sure. And I love seeing students come in from all over the world coming in to do studies. I mean, we have you know Wichita State University here. You know, I grew up in Colorado and Ohio, where we saw a lot of university students coming from other parts of the world. And it's so fascinating to watch them come and and study and observe American, you know, just way of life while they're here. Uh, just real quickly, we got just about a minute or so left before we have to kind of wrap up. But uh, just the outlook from the rest of the world looking at the United States over the last few years with President Donald Trump, with Joe Biden, with uh, the immigration debate that's been ongoing here. Are we still known as the country with the streets paid with gold, the country that has unlimited opportunity for anybody to come here? Or has that mentality changed with the perspective of the U.S. around the world, do you think?
2: Definitely that mindset has uh, evolved. And things are not as uh, necessarily all good as they once were. But relatively speaking to many other countries around the world, this is still a land of opportunity, of incredibly better standard of living than what they would have at home. So many people would still desire the opportunity to come here to um, forge a better future, but they realize that there are significant challenges and barriers to becoming a legal citizen. So, So that is in many ways a deterrent to many people to even want to consider doing that. As a result, we have sometimes many times the people that are more desperate that are looking at this as, you know, even if I have to come in on a legal basis, it's worth relative to my situation in my homeland.
1: Sure. Juan Ribaldi, author of the book, uh, Strategic Transformation, How to Deliver What Matters Most. Uh, Juan, we appreciate the time very much. I find it's an interesting conversation for sure. We'd love to do it again here soon.
2: All right, thank you, Andy. It's been great. Hey, very
1: good. Appreciate the conversation there very much. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to shift gears a little bit more lighthearted as we return and wrap up the show today. Kyle Anthony, host of Kyle Anthony's UFC Betting Show, we'll talk about UFC 259 and Conor McGregor. We turn him back into the octagon. We'll have some fun with that as we kind of wrap up a Friday and a crazy week of politics here on the Voice of Reason. Lots more coming up here on the Voice of Reason for a Friday. Stay tuned.
0: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
1: Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at who's your reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at who's your We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show. Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites, YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google play. Tune in, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the Voice of Reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
0: You're listening to The Voice of Reason with
1: Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today. A lot of conversation going on on the live streaming regarding the immigration policy issues. I want to talk about that more in depth later because there's a lot to get to when it comes to policy, when it comes to immigration. But Joe Biden really just want to give amnesty, just allow illegal immigrants to raid in and then change the dynamic of the nation for sure. I will talk about that later. But we did sit down with Kyle Anthony, host of the Kyle Anthony's UFC betting show, to talk about UFC 259 coming up tomorrow night, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. What's going to happen with the great fight that I am so excited to talk about? This is what he had to say. Kyle, what's going on, brother? How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Big event. Got Conor McGregor coming back. I'm sure all eyes are on it, but it's uh, good to be back in the show. And I'm excited for
1: this weekend. Man, I am so excited. I've told you before that I mean I love the UFC. I follow it a little bit, but I'm kind of just a fanboy of Conor McGregor. So when he's there, <laughs> then I'm definitely more focused and tuned in than before. Uh, I mean, this was a heck of a fight back in 2014 between the two, and uh, I mean, this was really the proving point for Conor that he was a legit thing with, what, his third or fourth fight in the UFC. Now that we're so many years later, I mean, what's your predictions for this one? It's going to be a good one, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is going to be, you know,
0: both of these guys have come off losses from Khabib, and, you know, he's he's the champ. He's the guy. Is he going to be coming back, or is he not? But, you know, this fight here, you got both guys. I mean, hopefully one of them will be fighting Khabib, but Conor McGregor, I mean, he's Transcended the sport, and like you're saying, you know, not everybody is you know, a, a fan, but when he fights, a lot of more people tune in. So, I mean, a fight like this both of these guys, good boxing, good striking on both sides. And the big part here is a lot of people, you know, Powder kind of predicted in this first fight with Poirier that he would knock
2: Poirier out
0: in the first round. He did the first time, which was back in 2014, and he's actually predicting the same thing. In this fight as well, and to be honest with you, compared to the other fights after the Floyd Mayweather fight that took place and how that all went down and the craziness of all that, he made all this money and kind of you know looked like he was setting into the sun a little bit. But he seems back, he seems focused, and I really do believe that he's going to go out there and knock out Poirier. Um, I think it's a great stylistic matchup. They're both going to be standing and pretty much boxing. And I think that really favored the left hand of Conor McGregor. So I think it it finds a home early in in the fight. Maybe that first or second round I could see a knockout.
1: Boy, that would be nice. You're right. I mean, they both like to stand up and fight, which is what connor has been wanting to do. And I mean, he seemed laser focused when he came back just a year ago against Cowboy Cerrone and beat him in 42 mm-hmm. seconds. And that was an absolute wonderful fight. And he's looking at a three, uh, three to four fight year again this year like he wanted to last year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he talked about his training for the entire last year. He's in really good shape. He's got his eyes set on a lot of different goals. So, I mean, he's laser focused. It's not kind of what we saw during the Habib fight is I'm going to drink my whiskey and party and still think I can walk through this. <laughs>
0: Right, right. No, this, like I said, this is such a different one, different mentality, and, and I think even you did see just before the flip, the flip, remember the fight? I think that was the, the changing point. You know, really before that, he was kind of like you're saying with just when he fought um, Donald Cerrone, that kind of scene, that focus was back. He's looking to get that name back, and his big thing prior was I just want to make money. You know, you know, you know. Once I make that money. He didn't care, and, and he just put it into – he's got a clothing line, the whiskey, he's got all kinds of things. So it's at the point now where, you know what, he realizes that I want a legacy. I want a legacy in this sport. I don't want to – just. Hey, he was a double champ and it kind of all kind of just disintegrated away a little bit. But this is a point where he wants to play five times it would really blow him up even more just within the sport. So, yeah, I mean, this is he, he's ready to go. He's definitely ready to
1: go. Last question before we let you go on this one, your final prediction. This fight, you think that he will be able to knock out Poirier, but you think one or two rounds, he's saying within 60 seconds. That's going to be a tough one, but between the, the dual fight card that we see, mm-hmm. the top two uh, that are that are showcasing this fight, it's going to be a heck of a night tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean that's for, for For me, I mean, on the betting side of things, and, you know, it seems like a lot of people are taking the, you know, just betting Connor to win outright at, at any point, and he's a guy that is known to get the knockouts. He does not submit anybody, um, and he's not, a, uh, he, he's not a, a, a submitter or goes to decision, so he's a big person that just goes for those knockouts, um, and I think he wants it. He knows that's really going to push him further, so I think if you're betting this fight, you go and bet Conor McGregor via knockout, in which you're going to get a lot better price than just betting him to win the fight.
1: Uh, It's going to be good stuff. Kyle Anthony's UFC betting show. You can find him on Twitter at KyleAnthonyUFC. Also on YouTube, you can find his show as well. Kyle Anthony's UFC betting show. Kyle, it's good to talk to you, my friend. Let's do this again on the next big fight.
0: Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Everyone enjoy, and we'll talk soon.
1: There it is. Kyle Anthony. We appreciate that. Andy, it's not politics. You know what? It's been a crazy week. We need a little break of namaste do a little uh, meditation here on the show the voice of reasons meditation center by watching people beat the snot out of each other in a ufc fight that's what i'm all about baby and they call us violent i don't know what they're talking about that does it for us today podcast going up a little bit we have a heck of a big week next week so make sure to not miss it at all download the podcast share us all out all over the place we appreciate you each and every day be your own voice of reason we have a good movement going on and we're going to stop the craziness from the other side and we're going to do it right here on this show until then everybody have a wonderful weekend hey it's andy hoosier with the voice of reason fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time the progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom abuse power and trample the constitution each and every day that's why we need the knowledge resources and common sense to push back and we can help with that visit our website at hoosierreason.com there's some really great stuff for you